Please open your Bibles in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. We continue through our series through this book. Uh, Today we find ourselves in verses 13 and 14. Ephesians chapter 5. We will be considering verse 13 and 14. I'm going to read the whole chapter. Someone will come. From those two verses there, 13 and 14. If you're there with me, hear the infallible word of God. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of God In the kingdom of Christ and God, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church And gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, 
and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And I'm, I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. That is God's word. I'm going to pray and then we will consider verses 13 and 14. Please bow with me in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, we once again come to you and ask that you may now speak to us. We are here. We are your servants. We are listening. Speak to us, Lord, that we may know it is to us. Speak to us in such a way that we would not leave this place as though we never heard from you. Grant that we would walk in the law of the Lord. Bless us that we may keep your testimonies. That we may seek your word with all our heart. Grant that we would keep your commandments, your precepts diligently. For you have commanded them. Oh, that our ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes as we hear them proclaimed. Grant that we would be fixed upon your commandments. That our eyes would look up to you. That we will praise you with an upright heart that has been made upright through your word. Through your righteous rules. Through your statutes. May, may, may we not be forsaken by you because of forsaking your statutes. Allow, Lord, that this day, this day, we would be mastered by your word to the praise and glory of your name for the good of our souls. Help me as I speak to be clear, to be simple, um, to have help from your Holy Spirit for I cannot do this by my own power. Allow, O oh Lord, that all of us will be helped by the Spirit of God to come to an understanding of your will for us. Help us now, Lord, for we pray these things in Jesus' name. My daughter is a light sleeper. She sleeps well when everything is silent. Because of the terrorizing that she has done to us, my wife and I have come to believe that the best sleep she gets is when there is most silence, the most silence. Not only that, but also when there is the most darkness. Once she sees a little light, she wakes up. Because she's a light sleeper, she, she wakes up easily. It is as though light calls her from her sleep. It's as though she hears the sound of light, if you will. And we well know that there are people that cannot sleep when there is light. 
there are people who cannot sleep even during the day and others will not sleep with lights on at night now it's amazing how sometimes we manage to sleep as sermons are preached when the light shines the brightest like right now um, the passage before us speaks to us of the awakening that light grants but this is not just any light as we are quickly going to see this is the Lord Jesus Christ himself what we have before us is one of those passages in the word of God that speaks both to the believer and the unbeliever the sinner and the saved alike it shows the brilliance and the breath of God in it if only you would see it and understand it there the apostle Paul wrote this letter as we have constantly seen to the Ephesians the Ephesian saints yet he speaks to unbelievers and especially in this second section of the letter and as we're going to see this morning unbelievers are addressed and believers are as well being spoken to now this passage is well understood with the context of it in mind and so let us read and follow through from verse 3 the apostle has has, has been saying that there, there, is, there are these things that should not be named among the believers sexual immorality impurity covetousness these things are improper among the saints they should not be there filthiness foolish talk crude joking they are out of place they should not be named among the people of god the people of god rather should walk in light they should have thanksgiving and then the apostle gives a warning the people that walk like this will not inherit the kingdom of god so, so this is this is the context this is how the passage is flowing those who are covetous sexually immoral those who are impure they will not inherit the kingdom of god and then you're told that in verse 6 there no one should deceive us with empty words because of these things the wrath of god comes upon the sons of disobedience and therefore the apostle is telling the ephesians you are not the sons of disobedience no you you were at one time darkness but now you are light i'd like you to notice take, take a close notice at what verse 8 says but now you are light in the lord there's no light apart from the lord the ephesian saints are light only in the lord and that is very important as you continue to hear this so he tells them walk as children of light then then he goes ahead to tell them what the fruit of light is it's found in all that is good and right and true uh, it's found in all that is pleasing to the lord which is what those who are the children of light should be trying to discern they should be seeking out that which is pleasing to the lord then he tells them then verse 11 do not take part in the unfruitful works of darkness and that leads us back to verse 8 for at one time you were darkness and now he's telling them don't, don't be like that anymore take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness don't be like the wicked people of the world remember chapter 4 chapter 4 verse 17 he tells them in chapter 4 verse 17 i testify this in the lord i tell you this that you must no longer walk as the gentiles do you have now been saved 
You've now been redeemed. Once you were dead in your trespasses, back chapter 2, now the Lord has been merciful to you. His love has been displayed for you. So then he tells them there in verse 11, do not take part in the fruitful works of darkness. Instead, do what? Expose them. Expose them. And, and how are we exposing them? We are calling out that which is evil as our pastor brought the text to us um, uh, in, the, in the last sermon. We are, we are calling these things out. And, and why are we calling the evil things out? Why are we calling the unfruitful works of darkness out? Why are we exposing them? We are exposing them so that we may lead those people to Christ. It's not only for the sake of exposing them. It's especially that we may point them to Christ as we are going to see in the passage before us this morning. It tells them there in verse 12, it is shameful to speak of the things that they, they do in secret. Again, Again, back in the context from verse 3 there, he says, these things are not to be named among you. It is shameful. Verse 4. These things are out of place for the believers. So when he says there in verse 12, it is shameful to speak of this, of the things that they do in secret. You see how it all connects with the context. Now, I have titled my sermon this morning, Awake, O Sleeper. Awake, O Sleeper. And I'd like to bring before you three points. Number one, the sleeper is exposed by light. The sleeper is exposed by light. Then number two, the sleeper is able to awake and arise because of light the sleeper is able to awake and arise because of light and then number three that Jesus is the light that the sleeper needs Jesus is the light that the sleeper needs number one the sleeper is exposed by light so let's consider this points one after another look with me at verse 13 but when anything is exposed by the light it becomes visible for anything that becomes visible is light the apostle is as it were saying here that because the believers are children of light and their conduct is contrary to that of darkness then this would inevitably expose the unfruitful works of darkness. So he says, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. Remember that the believer is now light in the Lord. And, and we've been told there in verse 11, instead of taking part in the unfruitful works of darkness, what should we do? We should expose them because we have the light of the Lord. Now, the terrible works of wicked people are made visible. They are exposed for what they are by the light of Christ that shines uh, or should shine bright through the saints who are the children of light, who belong to Jesus, who is the light. Now, then and only then will that that has been made visible become light. You see, when he says, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. When the works of darkness are exposed by the light, 
they become visible, it is then and only then that this which is being exposed by the light becomes light. Yeah, so, so this is the meaning of the phrase there next at the beginning of verse 14. So in verse 13 he says, when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. In verse 14 he says, for anything that becomes visible is light. You see, you see that statement there? And the meaning of it is this. When the unfruitful works of darkness are exposed, the darkness disappears. Isn't that the case? It disappears. Just like when light comes into a room, darkness is dispelled with. The unfruitful works of darkness are done away with when they are exposed to the light. Just like a dark page becomes clear when light dawns on it, the same thing happens to the dark things that are exposed. They become clear and they are forsaken by all those whom light dawns upon. So, so they become light when they are exposed by the light. That's what the apostle tells us there. Anything that becomes visible is light. It's clear. It is seen. And inevitably, it should be uh, 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 forsaken. This is, the, this is the point of light. You see, when the apostle says, instead expose them, the point is that they may come to light and be dispelled with, be done away with, and that they may become light as well. Like we have become light. So that when the apostle says, at one time you were darkness, but because now we were exposed to the light, we are now light. Light in the Lord. That's the idea. That's the idea there. So for the sleeper to walk as the child of light, they need to become light. They need to be exposed to the light so they may become light. And this can only happen when they are exposed to the light. And this light is the Lord. The Bible tells, tells us that he is the light of the world. The point here is simple. That the wicked are reproved when their deeds are exposed. So, so when we read verse 13 and verse 14, we should, we should hear that the wicked are exposed when their deeds come into contact with light, when their deeds are exposed. They are reproved, they are rebuked when their deeds come into contact with light. Wicked men and women ought to see how their great sins and the misery of the eternity in hell uh, makes them be in need of light. So we are shining the light of Christ. We are exposing the works of darkness so that evil men and women may see their need of Jesus Christ and come to him. Now see the transition there. The apostles Paul says, Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The implication of, of, of exposing the dark, uh, uh, the dark deeds of the wicked men and women is that they come to the light. They come to Christ. Number two, the sleeper is able to awake and arise because of light. So we see there, uh, firstly, that the sleeper is exposed. This sleeper that is being told awake, they must be exposed to the light for their dark works to become visible. And for those 
works that become visible to be light. They must be exposed to this light. And then number two, the sleeper is able to awake and arise because of light. Look at verse 14 there. It says, therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead. How is this sleeper able to awake and arise? They are only able to awake and arise because of light. Now, the quotation in front of us, if you have a good Bible, what, what you're reading there, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, is a quotation. And it is believed to either have been quoted from Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, or from a Christian hymn, uh, uh, an Easter Christian hymn. Now, much debate has sprung up from this, but I'm convinced with a host of other godly men, um, like John Calvin and Matthew Henry and William Hendrickson and I suppose many others that this sounds similar to Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1. Go with me to Isaiah 60. This is what we read in Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. If you look closely at the context of those words, and you listen carefully to those words as they are spoken, you will hear a great deal of similarity. So, so I, I am convinced that this is probably Paul quoting Isaiah 60 verse 1 even though not accurately now it is most probable that um, um, this came from a Christian hymn as other commentators have said but then what, what we see from, from these commentators who believe that this was a, a, a citation from a Christian hymn is that even the hymn writer who wrote it must have gotten his inspiration from Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. Now, whatever the source of these words be, because the Apostle Paul is now speaking them, they are the breathed out, authoritative, infallible, inerrant, immutable, the sufficient word of God. So there's a sense in which, whether it's, it's being quoted from a Christian hymn or uh, from Isaiah, directly from Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, the, the truth still remains that this is the word of God. Now, the idea here is one. This is, this is an idea of repentance. So, so when we say that the sleeper is able to awake and arise because of the light, now when the light dawns upon the, the one sleeping, the, the sleeper, um, he's being called to repent. Awake, O sleeper. Arise from the dead. It's a call to repentance. This words apply to one who is living in sin, living in wickedness. And when his deeds have been exposed, the only way to escape is to wake up, is to rise up from the dead. Now, when we grant the gospel call, when we, 
When we tell people of the sinner, uh, of, of, of the Savior who came to this world, lived the perfect life, died the death of sinners, rose from the grave, ascended high, and is now reigning from heaven above. When we tell them of the Savior, when we tell them of the saving grace that is found in Him, when we tell them of the regenerating work that the Holy Spirit grants in giving the new birth, we also tell them what? To repent. We also call them from their sins. We also tell them, come forth. We also tell them, awake, arise from the dead. Respond by repenting. Isn't that what we do? This is what is being said here. So that if there is anyone in our midst who has not quite believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, they're being told here, awake, arise from the dead, repent of your sins, see your dark and wicked ways and come to the light. Now in all this discourse, we are not to forget that the apostles' aim is to remind those, um, uh, to remind those who have left the wicked ways, that is the believers, to continue living consistently with their claim of having left the, the wicked ways. So the apostle is not only speaking to the unbeliever, as, as we say there in the, in the beginning, he's also speaking to the believer. Those that claim to have left their wicked ways, there's an application here for them. That they are to live consistently with their claim that they have left the works of darkness. And so then it must be understood here also to mean that the believers must completely be awake, dear saints. As you listen to me this morning, you should hear the word of God telling you to be completely awake. You should not close your eyes even for a moment. You are to be completely read of the ways of the dead the ways of wicked men and and we're told there that christ would shine upon you you see when the word of god comes to us like this we're not to think that this is just this is just our continuing of the exposition of god's word which is true but then this is also god speaking to us god ordained that at a time like this, you will be hearing a sermon about waking up. Awake, O sleeper. Might you be sleeping? Could it be that you are asleep? Could it be that you are not quite walking the way the Lord would want you to walk? Could it be that you are not quite exposing the deeds of darkness, but rather, rather being influenced by them? Bible tells us here to awake, awake, even the Christian, awake, O sleeper, awake, arise from the dead. So do not walk in the ways of the dead. You are no longer children of, dark, children of darkness. Hmm? You must no longer walk like the children of darkness. You are to walk as the children of light. Now, <clears throat> I must address a question, a question here that may arise in your ears in your thoughts as you listen to this now doesn't this seem as though to teach that a man can turn to God before God can turn to him you know, which is an obvious reverse of what we believe the Bible to teach as the order of salvation that, you know doesn't this seem to, to teach that the sinner needs to wake up and arise from the dead and then Christ will shine on him the response here is quite easy. It's, it's quite 
Simple. Because the apostle is here stressing on the human responsibility. On the responsibility of the sinner, as earlier mentioned. The sinner is called to repent. To wake up. That's the emphasis here. So that even though we believe that God and God alone is the only one involved in the act of saving through regeneration, we do also believe that God calls the sinner to repent. God calls the sinner to turn from his wicked ways and to turn to him. That's why the sinner is here told, awake. The sinner is told, arise from the dead. This is exactly what happened to Lazarus, right? When Jesus calls him, the Bible says that Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And then the Bible says, the man who had died came out. This is John chapter 11, verse 44 to 43 to 44. So, so, so the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with the linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. I mean, the call of Christ to Lazarus was so effective that Lazarus did not remove the strips that he had. Lazarus just came out. You see, when we tell people to repent of their sins, we are not telling them to save themselves. We are telling them to respond to the call of the gospel. While we know at the back of our minds that no one is saved apart from the the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus tells us that the Spirit moves however he pleases. So that one must be born again if they are going to see the kingdom of God. One must be born again if they are going to have faith in Jesus Christ. They must be awakened. But then the, the idea here is that the sinner is called to repent. The sinner is, yes, saved alone by the activity of God, but he's also called to come out. And because the call of God to the elect, this is because the call of God to the elect is effectual. And because it is effectual, he comes out and he repents of his sins. So when the apostle says here, arise, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, he's not telling the sinner to save himself. He's telling the sinner to behold the light of Christ and to come, to come to him. Now this is the same thing for believers. While God has so sovereignly saved you, as a Christian, he still calls you to live a life of repentance. He still tells you, do this. Believe. Continue in this way. And that is represented here by the awake, O sleeper. Wake up from your slumber. You can hear this, the summons of Christ there in the book of Revelation. Eh? When he calls, when he, when he grants the letters to the seven churches, he's telling the, the churches, wake up, wake up. So that even the Christian is is being addressed here. Do not degenerate into synagogues of Satan. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. And lastly, Jesus is the light that the sleeper needs. Jesus is the light that the sleeper needs. So so we we have seen that the sleeper is exposed by the light. The wicked man is exposed by the light. Is exposed by the light 
Because when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. Or anything that becomes visible is light. And then, we have seen that the sleeper is able to awake, is able to arise because of light. When you are told, awake or sleeper, it's not as though he can awake by himself. It's not as though he can rise from the dead by himself. Light must be granted. And it's, it's, it's when that light is granted, that the, it's in that context that the sinner is told, come out. Arise from the dead. And then lastly now, we are seeing that Jesus is the light that the sleeper needs. Look at the end of verse 14 there. And Christ will shine on you. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Now the light that the sleeper needs is Jesus Christ himself. Whether it be the saint who is fainting, or it be the, the one who is dead in their trespasses, the light that they need is Jesus Christ. For it is the testimony of Scripture from both the Old and the New Testament that Jesus is the light of the world. Now for more evidence on this, listen to the words of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 42 verse 6 and 7. I am the Lord and I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, as light for the nations. Now speaking of the, uh, 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 the coming Messiah, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the, pres uh, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I'd like you to hear in those words that Jesus Christ has been granted to bring light because he is the light of the nations. He's been granted to open the eyes of the blind. He's been granted to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison of those who sit in darkness. And so the light that the, the, the sinner needs or the sleeper needs comes from Jesus Christ. It is him. What does John tell us in his gospel? John chapter 1 verse 4 and 5. In him was the life. And the light was the light. Uh, the, the, the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Now, who is, he, who is this being spoken of here? That in him was the life. And this life was the light of men. It's none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. How about Jesus speaking of him, himself? In John chapter 8 verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He is the light of the world. He is the one that the sleeper needs. So the Apostle Paul tells us there. The sleeper is being called to awake, to arise. It's Christ who would shine on him. John chapter 9 verse 5. Jesus continues and says, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus is the light that the sleeper needs. Jesus is the light that you need. If you're not saved here this morning, Jesus is the light that you need. If you're saved, Jesus is the light that you need. If you're sleeping, Jesus is the light that you need. He's the light that shines bright. So there's no doubt that Christ is the light of the world and the one who illumines the darkness in the sinner. 
There's no doubt that he is the light which, which when the sinner is exposed to, immediately the darkness disappears. It dispels with. Again, now, the tendency here is to think that after the sinner has risen from the dead, then Christ will shine on him. The tendency is to think that man does their own things and then Christ comes in and you know, does something for them. But I submit to you that that would be con- inconsistent with the rest of the scripture. And we would have to interpret this passage wrongly if we did that. We have to interpret this passage in light of all the Bible. Now, I couldn't say it better than the great reformer John Calvin. Listen to his words here. Quote, This does not mean that when we have risen from the dead, uh, from death to life, his light begins to shine upon us. As if our performances came before his grace. All that is intended to show, all that is intended is to show that when Christ enlightens us, we, we rise from death to life. And so the, the apostle is not here trying to tell us that we rise from death and then Christ shines on us. The Apostle is trying to tell us here that the way we rise from the dead is through the saving work of the light of the world who is Jesus Christ. And when he does that, that light continues to shine upon you now who is a believer, you who have been regenerated, you who have been given new life, you who are seeking to be awake, it is Christ who is shining upon you. It is Christ who shines continues to shine his light upon us. Now let's make a few applications here and finish. Number one, all our works need to come under the pure light of Christ. Everything that we do needs to come under the pure light of Christ. Because it, it's only then that our works are exposed and it's only then that we become light. It's only then that you become light. So expose yourself more and more to Christ, who is the light, and you will always see. If you expose more, uh, yourself more and more to the word of God, you'll always see. If you are constantly found in communion with your Lord, who is light, you'll always see. So, so expose yourself more and more to Christ. Expose yourself to his word. Expose yourself to prayer. Expose yourself to his people. And you will see more and more clearly. Number two. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. You see this summons to awake, summons to arise from the dead is only possible through Christ. For you to be found walking in light, it's only possible through Christ. You cannot do it by yourself. That's what Jesus says in John chapter 15. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So then, I'm calling you to awake 
If you've not believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, believe upon Him now. Trust in Him now. Look to Him now. If you have, wake up. Might you be fainting? Wake up. Would you be walking slothfully? Wake up. Would you be entertaining the, 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 the works of those who are dead? Leave them. Leave them. Let Christ shine on you. And you will be safe. You will be walking with Him. And this is what we will be singing now, right now after we finish. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you. We thank you for your word which is food for our souls. We do pray now that you may pierce through our hearts that we may be encouraged to awake to look to Christ whatever state we be in that we may look to him. May we be helped Lord to put all our works under the pure light of Christ. May we be reminded that apart from Christ, we can do nothing. May we be like that child who wakes up immediately when light dawns on her eyes. May it be true of us that when we are exposed to the light, we wake up, we rise up, we follow Christ. Bless us with these things, Lord. Hear us now, we pray, for we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.